0: I know y'all may find this hard to believe, but Romans chapter 5. If you haven't been here in the last three or four weeks, you may not understand that. But the rest of them probably are getting it memorized by now. All right. For if by the trespass of one man, who is that? Adam. The trespass of one man, Adam. Death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who... Receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. I could read it over and over again and get excited every time I read it, but it's those that receive this grace and this gift of righteousness that is who is going to reign in life, and so tonight. I wanna I just couldn't get off the subject. I told John I really wanted to move on to authority, but I just there's a couple more verses I really wanted us to cover and and have some good discussion time tonight. I called it righteous confidence because until you know where you stand with God, there is no way for you to walk in confidence with God. It, it's just like when you're in trouble with your parents. Uh, You back into the room or you avoid the room uh, where your parents are. I I can remember a few times that I just kind of wanted to slip in and go to my room. I don't know if the rest of y'all understand that or not, but uh, you did not have right standing because of something you did. Truth be known, I was still Tom and Bonnie's daughter, still just as loved by them when i was being good or when i was not being so good if i was doing something that i knew they wouldn't approve of i was still it did not change my my position in the family what it did is it messed with my head and I know a lot of people ask me, well, if our sins are forgiven, if he doesn't count our sins against us, which the scripture says he does not, why do we have to repent? Why does 1 John 1, 9, why, do, why does it say for us to confess our sins and he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness? That's because of your head. I mean, He's yes, your sins are paid for, but sometimes we have to be cleansed of unrighteousness because of the way we think. And then we start avoiding God, just like we did our parents. We start avoiding God. We start trying to go in through the back door. I mean, if we need something from God, we're kind of backing in to ask. He doesn't want that. He wants us to come before his throne. The scripture says boldly, boldly, and and to receive that mercy and that grace and that help in our time of need. And, you know, by the time I got a little older, I kind of figured out, hey, I I messed up here. I can go to mom and dad. But it took a little while to figure that out. And so let's learn a lesson from that and approach God boldly and with confidence that our position is secure with him. I'm still his child. I'm still a child of God. If I mess up, I'm still a child of God. And now I can go to him and gain strength from him. To help me overcome those situations and circumstances and it'll help me to reign in life. You know, life can change and circumstances can change. You may feel like they can't, but they can. We can change. You may feel like you can't, but you can when we live in righteousness. There's just something about knowing where you stand with God that empowers you because it takes more than power to reign in life it takes more than power to reign in life it takes a confidence to use that power because we've been given the power we have been given the name of Jesus we talked about this a little bit one week we, we compared it to having the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus in circumstances and situations and, you know, I think what really bothered Jesus the most in the boat when the storm came was that the disciples didn't stand up and and, and speak. Or when when the boy that had uh, demons, you know, I think that's really what bothered him the most. He was like, hey, guys, I'm not going to be here long. Y'all got to get a grip. <laughs> I mean, I'm leaving, and it's y'all. And I think sometimes he wants to say that to me. Susan. <laughs> it's the sin about you this isn't about your past this isn't about your sin this is about I need my power released in the earth or my love or my mercy or my grace or whatever released in the earth and if you're so caught up in your own head that you can't do what I need you to do we need to be a vessel of honor yes I believe we need to be able to, uh, but he doesn't expect us to be perfect he does expect us To live in righteousness and let that righteousness that he gave us affect the way we live. And sometimes we just kind of get the cart before the horse and it doesn't work out that way. But it takes confidence to reign. Last week we talked about how our right standing with God is legal. Jesus gave it to us legally. He took on our sin nature. He gave us his right standing. So it's a legal gift given to us through Christ Jesus. And I can't go back and teach three weeks, so I'm just trying to hit a few things. When he gave us his righteousness, he gave us his righteousness, righteousness for us to walk in. It's for us to walk in. It's really a springboard to faith. I don't know of anything I can gain by faith or will gain by faith if I do not have righteousness established. Because I'll find a way for it not to apply to me why, how I can use my faith for someone or even in my own life, so we have to use the springboard uh go with me to James, and let's get I don't think we've covered James Five, have we i brought all I brought all the weeks out here with me in case we had to refer back to something. And I actually did bring the definition of righteousness. Remember that big, long definition I gave y'all like the second week? And I said, please don't try to write this down. I did bring those back out here tonight. They're at the end of the table if you need one. James 5, let's go down to verse 13. Remember I, I said that life can change and circumstances can change. If we walk in righteousness, listen to this. Is anyone among you suffering? You can do something. I mean, are you suffering? You can do something. You can pray. Let him pray. How are we going to pray? We better pray from a, from a standpoint of being righteous. Or we'll be backing in. We'll be hoping. I believe that our, our standing in righteousness makes a big difference between hope and faith. I think if we don't know who we are in Christ, that we will hope God will do something. But righteousness gives us a confidence to believe that he did for me. And it makes it personal. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who was sick, and the Lord will raise him up. You know what? God's doing all the work here. I don't know if you noticed that or not. But you're anointing them in the name of the Lord. You're praying the prayer of faith. That's all you're doing. And the Lord will raise him up. But unrighteousness will keep you from doing that. You won't step out and do it. If he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. In the Amplified, it says this. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. It is dunamis. It is powerful. The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and it is dynamic in its working. Now, if our prayers aren't getting answered, we might need to look at where we stand in righteousness. Because the prayer of a righteous man, King James Version, availeth much. It accomplishes much. And and I know a lot of people pray in hope. And they want to make their situation look the worst they can to present it to God. So maybe that will talk him into doing something. When in fact, it is right the opposite. The one who comes boldly to the throne of grace... That's what he's looking for. Not, and righteousness is not pride. It is confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ. Because that is the only way that we're righteous. We didn't earn it. We weren't good enough for it. But it's faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. So he says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Verse 17, Elijah was a man like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months, it did not rain. Uh, you got to know where you stand with God. That's all I can say. I mean, I've, I've prayed about the weather before, and you know, I, I might pray a couple of days. This guy, three years Six months. He knew he he, he was convinced. Do you think that the prayer of the righteous had great power as it was working? It did. ESV English um, Standard Version, verse eighteen. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain. And the earth bore its fruit. Circumstances can change at the prayer of a righteous person. Now, I don't think we're supposed to go out here and just be praying over the weather and because we want it to be sunshiny because we want to have a picnic. Okay, because if, if Don's praying for the weather because he's going to the beach and he doesn't want it to rain and the farmer, a couple of farms over uh, inland from the beach, needs rain... And he's praying for rain and Don's praying for not rain. We're going to have a problem. But we're talking about things that need to be done in the name of the Lord. Right? Those things we can have confidence in because we have right standing with God. And we're here to do his business. And I believe God cares about your beach trip. But please keep in mind the weather cannot please everybody at one time. Except maybe in Arkansas. We can kind of get snow and rain and sunshine in the same day. I don't know. The earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available that's dynamic in its working. I love that verse. Righteous mentality will keep you standing. Righteous mentality will keep you standing. It is a strength to me to know that God is for me and not against me. It It is it is powerful to me in, in when we're in a battle of longevity, <laughs> when we're in something that's long-term, that I'm not wondering if it's not happening because God doesn't want to help me with it or righteousness gives us a strength to stand. In fact, the Apostle Paul listed. it, as part of the armor of God. What does armor do? It protects you. Right? It defends us from the attacks that are launched by the enemy. Righteousness is one of those pieces of armor. It's tough. It can withstand. It can keep you standing. <laughs> right? Right? It covers the most vulnerable part of us. It protects my heart. It defends my heart. And there's just times I need my heart defended. (laughs) I need my heart protected. I thought about a police officer with a bulletproof vest. You know that bulletproof vest gives you an added confidence. And it may still hurt. I don't know. Jeff might can tell us. It might still hurt if you get hit. But there's, there's, there's a confidence to know that that's there to stop the hit. That it's there to keep it from penetrating your heart and taking you out of the battle. And so I, I, that's the only thing I could compare it to. So go with me to, uh, to Ephesians 6 and let's look at the Apostle Paul's. Thoughts on righteousness. We can't be wishy-washy on what God thinks about us. And I'm not saying he doesn't correct us. He corrects us. But our standing doesn't change. My standing doesn't change. I'm still his child. In fact, he says... There's children in the room. I'm not cussing. This is in the scripture. Um... He says you're a bastard. You're, you're an illegitimate child if you're not corrected. But, but a son is corrected. A child is corrected. And so just because God corrects you doesn't mean that you've lost favor in his sight. He loves you, and that's why he corrects us. That has nothing to do with Ephesians 6. Finally, <laughs> verse 10 Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You put on the full armor of God. Understood subject, right? You put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the ruler's against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Righteousness gives us confidence and longevity. It helps us keep standing. It protects us In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, Rick Renner has some great studies on the armor. If you want to study the armor piece by piece he has one called dress to kill and it is it is really really good and he goes into the history of the armor uh, from the roman soldier standpoint and there's some really great things in that book i also have uh, this book called life in the combat zone and it is about spiritual warfare who needs that I mean, I'm going to hand it to you and give it to you if you want it. They're being nice. They're putting their brethren before them, weren't they, Jimmy? Jimmy's confident. Raise that hand. Um, he sends books out every now and then, and so I like to give those to you when I get the chance. But this is something he said. He said, when you're wearing the breastplate of righteousness, your past is not visible. It's gone. And see, that's what holds us back, makes us lose our confidence. Is that our past, what we know about ourselves. But when you're wearing the breastplate of righteousness, your past is not visible. It's gone. All that can be seen is who you are right now. And I love that. When you're in the armor, all that can be seen is who you are right now. What's under all of that is not evident any longer. And when you know who you are in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter who you used to be because you are covered in righteousness. Isn't that good? This is why you got to read stuff because I can read Ephesians 6 and I'm sure the Holy Spirit could get that to me. But he can also get it to me through books. And when I read that today, I was just like, man, I needed this today. I need this information, not just for myself, but for other people. And when you're dealing with people and you're praying with them and they start bad-mouthing themselves and start you know, backing up from confidence and having their prayers answered, you need this information. You, you need to tell them, no, <laughs> you're wearing the breastplate of righteousness. It's been given to you. You've got to put it on. You have to make that decision. You've got to put it on. Uh, God gives it to us. He doesn't put it on us. So when your mind starts giving you fits, or you're dealing with somebody and their mind is giving them fits, put it on. It's <laughs> just like handing them some, Here, put this on because it changes. Well, it even changes how the enemy sees you because how you carry yourself matters. You want to go into a spiritual fight looking like a warrior, not looking like something that a freight train has already ran over or that you've been beat up all your life. You, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things, they've passed away. All things have become new. You're dressed in not just in armor. You're dressed in God's armor. Put on the full armor of God. I love that. You're covered in righteousness, even your heart. It's covered in righteousness. And I don't even remember who I read this from today, but it was a good quote and I wrote it down. If what the enemy is saying about you is not true about Jesus, then it's no longer true about you. What? You want me to say it again? I want to say it again. If what the enemy is saying about you is not true about Jesus, then it is no longer true about you. Your life is hidden in him. It's hidden in him. So, this is the continued. So stand and simply respond. Yeah, that was once true about me, but not anymore. Not anymore. You are. Have been given the breastplate of righteousness. Put it on. When I was reading this today, and we were dealing with some circumstances, some people that we know, and, and what you're going through is temporary. Well, let me put it this way. It can be temporary. It can be temporary. What you're going through, it can be Temporary. And in his righteousness is more powerful than your past. That breastplate of righteousness is tough, folks. It is more powerful than your past. It is more powerful than the attacks of the enemy. It says we can quench every fiery dart that the enemy throws at us. That's how tough this armor, is how proven this armor is. What confidence comes when we know our heart is protected? When we know God is there to protect our heart and we're not having to defend ourselves before God. You ever defended yourself before God? I'm telling you, when His rightness defends your heart, you can stop defending yourself all the time. When rightness defends, defends your heart and protects your heart, you can quit defending yourself all the time. And and I think most of us have to deal with not defending ourselves. And I don't mean not defending yourself from a physical attack. I'm talking about a, an attack against your character, attack against your motives or your heart. Somebody's questioning your heart, your motives, you know. Righteousness protects that. And you don't have to defend yourself anymore. I remember when they came against Moses. You know, they came against Moses and Aaron. And you know what they did? They hit their face before God. Moses and Aaron, they said, God, basically, God, you're going to have to prove us. And you know what? He did. He defended their heart. And they could have stood up and said, you remember when I picked up that stick? You remember when I threw it down and it was a snake? You remember when I picked it up and it became, you remember when that whole Red Sea thing? Y'all forgot about that? I'm God's man. I am the man. Y'all still be in slavery. He could have. He did not. He fell on his face before God and he let God defend his heart. This is for somebody tonight. It's for somebody tonight. If you keep finding yourself, defending yourself, we need to work on the study of righteousness. Because he is the defender of your heart. And you can walk in a confidence that's not pride. Because if Moses would have come out with, you remember that whole tree in the water thing? You know, I did that. He, he probably would not have had the next miracle. He didn't get into pride. He let God continue to prove himself. And trust me, the children of Israel tried to keep him very humble. They gripped about him all. They wanted to stone him so many times. They gripped about him, complained about him. And he did not get defensive. Y'all, that's a lesson. That is a lesson in leadership. Leaders, and we're all leaders we got to work on this one. I believe this was for me tonight as well. Um, you know, when you get attacked, just go before God and let God defend your heart. That's a whole other message. I could, I, could, I could think I could go on that a while. When you walk in confidence that's from righteousness, it won't be pride. And that confidence is going to aid your faith. Go with me to 1 John 5. Man, y'all might get out of here early tonight. We'll see. I wanted to give us more time to talk tonight because I feel like there's some things that need to be said, so. You know when I only have three pages of notes, well, two and a half, God's going to do something or y'all going to say something one or the other, so. I usually like to have four or five pages of notes in case case we need them. 1 John 5, verse 13, I'm reading out of the NIV. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence that we have approaching God. King James Version says this is the confidence that we have in him. And John brought out a good point today in the office as we were doing the appetizer message. Um, that That is a powerful statement. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You know how many people think their prayers don't reach the ceiling? You know how many people that we deal with that when we say, Have you prayed about this? Well, I just don't feel like God answers me. I don't feel like God hears me. I don't feel like my prayers hit the ceiling. I don't, you know. So many Christians do not have confidence that that God hears them. Look, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have Christ standing before the throne of God. Do you think he doesn't hear Jesus? Do we think he doesn't hear Jesus? We know he hears Jesus. Jesus knew that God heard him. You remember when he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead? And Jesus was traveling, and he had made some statements before he ever left the first town to go to Lazarus. And later he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. That might be a good confession for us this week. Father, I think. Now, wait a minute. Do you want to say that? <laughs> some of y'all are laughing. Do you want to yes, because even if I mess up, I can still go to him. So, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. Jesus was so careful about what he said, not because he feared God and the respect of God (laughs) striking him down or something. He knew the power of his words, and he believed that God heard him always. It might be a great practice this week. If we're saying, Father, I think you hear me always, I just can't imagine how much more it's going to keep my mouth shut. I mean, it'd be good, wouldn't it? If we become aware of the fact that we have such a place with God that he's listening for us. And you know, when you see something, you you hear an ambulance go down the road, God can hear you. Father, I thank you right now for whoever's in that ambulance. I thank you that the peace of God comes over them. I pray over the attendants, those attending to them that they would have wisdom, that their minds would be anointed. Why not? If God hears us. You're in the grocery store, you see somebody, they look depressed. Why not? God hears us. He may tell you to approach. He may just tell you to pray. We've We've got to work on that standing that we have with God that, that we are righteous in Christ. And that puts us in a position to be heard by the one who sits on the throne. That's amazing. That takes some mind renewal for me. This is the confidence that we have in him or in our approach to God. That if we ask anything according to his will. That's according to his will, or according to his word, it can also mean according to his way for asking you know and i I know we've got a lot of new people and and I'm so thankful for people that are studying the word John and I were talking about today, we just have so many we just have so many new people that we we want to make sure we cover not only do we need these foundational truths again, but we've got to make sure that they're covered in services but if you pray according to the word, you're praying according to his will. And we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And and I hear a lot, and I thank Jesus. I talk to Jesus. I'm like, that? <laughs> He's my Savior. <laughs> and I thank him. And I love him. And I tell him that I love him. But when I am praying the prayer of petition I pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And sometimes we'll go over those scriptures. It's very plain in scriptures. I hear a lot of people pray to Jesus. We pray to the Father. We do it in the name of Jesus. So just a side note. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have What we asked of him. So what that's saying is, if I have the ear of God, I can consider it done. Wow. I know. Let's let's just go back through that verse one more time, okay? This is the confidence that we have in him approaching God. That if we ask... Anything according to his will, he hears me. If I ask according to his will, he hears me. And if we know that he hears us, if we know, that's what we're working on tonight, confidence. If we know, not hoping, not wishing, not throwing up a prayer and hoping it lands somewhere. If we know that he hears us, We know that we have what we ask of him. That's faith. (laughs) That's faith. Where does that confidence come from? It has to come from knowing we have the ear of God. And I think it was Kelly that gave the scripture last week that his, did you give this or is this in my head, that he hears the prayer of the righteous. His ears are open to the righteous. You may not have. It may have been in my studies today. But his ears are open to the righteous. There's so much listed, the scriptures that are listed to those that are righteous. You are righteous, but do you know you're righteous? Because if you don't know you're righteous, you're not going to walk in it. And if if he gave us a new pair of shoes, that's great. But it's different if he gives us a new pair of shoes and we walk in them. Wherever we go, we're walking in them. He gave us righteousness. Now, everywhere we go, we walk in that righteousness, and that's how we do the works of Christ. We can't do the works of Christ if we don't understand the righteousness of Christ. Jesus was so confident in his standing with the Father that he could speak to a dead body if God told him to and say, come forth. He could take out across the sea And his feet never hit the bottom of the lake if God told him to. That's righteous confidence. And he didn't do it to be on social media the next day, he didn't do it to be the next TikTok or YouTube preacher. It was righteous confidence, and it was all to give God glory. It's not pride. Righteous confidence is not pride. It's all founded in Jesus. It's nothing that we did on our own other than put it on. Amen. Well, that was pretty short. Y'all got time to talk. Don't make me go to the draft system. (laughs) Who's got the mic?
1: Faithful Kayla. So I believe that we hear things for a reason, certain messages at certain times, certain days. And, um, I was listening to a podcast today as I was in the pickup line for the kids and, um, it really hit me. And then you said something tonight when you're talking in John and it kind of goes with it. And, um, what they said was they were talking about believing in Christ and, um, putting faith in him, even through the hard times, you know, it's. It's easy to praise him whenever you're up high on a mountain, but when you're down low in the valley and down in the dumps, it's really hard to keep in that faith. And something that um, she said was the difference between a non-believer and a believer is that when they die, they lose everything, but when I die as a believer, I lose nothing. It's true, which really hit me. Yeah, because. You know, you have people all the time that are saying things and yeah. talking, especially on social media and stuff about right. you know, not believing and questioning things. And um, yeah,
0: we we walk in a different confidence, don't we? Yes. In life or in death, we are Christ. <laughs> That's good. If you don't know the Ogle you need to get to know them. A great little family back there. Got two kiddos. One has ears and a horn, but. Great, she has a unicorn hat on. All right, is that a hand? Oh, it was. <laughs> hey, Brett, we did a whole message off of what you said last week. We Sunday we preached it, so uh, I might get Sunday. Oh no, wait, Bobby Indian's here.
2: <laughs> you mentioned uh, in James five, it mentions Elijah and uh, what he prayed over. The prophets were given, uh, like, authority over a certain, like, for him it would be a kingdom. So when he prayed for it not to rain, he was praying for, in an area that he had authority over.
0: That's good. Very good. So what in the beach scenario? That's very good. Very good. And we have areas we've been given authority over. Our homes, our communities, it's
3: good. Um, to take authority, you know. A lot of times we hear people say, "Well, because we pray, so in prayer, I should say." But when we're praying, if if God tells you to pray for somebody, take authority because He gave you the authority. So pray over them and don't just think about it. Don't just tell somebody, "I'll pray for you," and don't do it. My goodness take the authority that he gave you that's use good. the name of Jesus and stop satan in his path because guys we're the ones that's going to do that for people they don't know the word i mean not everybody does right and if it's and, and if it's your fellow neighbor christian somebody here at church pray for him and take that authority that god gave you his word and speak over him But let's don't be idle and let's don't just sit there and watch things happen. If you see it on the media and you see it over, Tom used to do this, remember, corporate prayer? Mm -hmm. It only takes two, two (laughs) or more. You and your spouse, you and your friend, you and somebody, take authority, start praying over it and stop it right then. That's good. So let's remember that because being right standing is not just about, it's like you said, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. but it is about what we can do because he's saying do something. If Moses had never gone to the sea, he wouldn't have to part it. (laughs) That's true. You know, so let's all think about that. Take that authority. That's good. And, you know, when
0: somebody asks you to pray, they are giving you the legal right to speak into their lives. And that is powerful. Uh, You might say, well, I prayed for somebody and they still have free will. Yeah, they do. But I'm telling you, if they say pray for me, they have opened the door, and so take that opportunity seriously. And even if they don't, if you're praying for somebody that, you know, doesn't—that's a non-believer or whatever—what I do, y'all may can help me here, but what I do is take authority over the powers of darkness. You know that the hindrances so that they can see clearly they still have a choice but take authority in the spiritual realm of what's going on that has them blinded where they can they still have free will they can still choose they can see clearly to make that choice so anybody else I encourage you to get the book if you're new to prayer um help me we just talked about prayers that avails much Uh, prayers that availeth much I think is actually it by Jermaine Copeland it's a great one it gives you gives you the prayer it gives you the scriptures it all lines up with the words you know you're praying the will of God because you're praying the word of God and different scenarios that those prayers cover it's a great foundational book if you're just starting off gaining confidence in your prayer life so
4: anybody else A couple of things, and you and I were talking, righteousness is a choice just like salvation. Just like if something else contrary to righteousness, like shame, if that comes up, that's a choice also. It's something you have to get your head wrapped around, just like you get your head wrapped around salvation or healing or anything Mm -hmm. that comes up. If it presents itself before you, you have a choice. That's good. And so, and another thing, um, if you're going through something, and all you're looking through is binoculars, that's all you're going to see. Wow. If you if you stop looking through binoculars and you see the whole situation, then it looks a lot different. You know, I think about John, because he likes to hunt, and and um, we have lots of deer on our property, and a lot of times, if they come up, that's the first thing we run, gets binoculars mm-hmm. and look at them. But, I mean... If, that, if I'm looking through binoculars, that's all I can see. That's good. I can't see anything else around it. That's all I can see. That sounds like a good children's church message right there. <laughs> and one more thing. Something we were talking about, our words, and we've talked about in the past, and something that Randy and I do, um, and sometimes it can be very irritating, but if something comes out of our mouth that does not line up, he'll say, do you want me to get an agreement with that? And I'll be like, nope, nope. But we do it to each other, yeah, but still, and I mean even you know people that we know, I mean mm-hmm. if that comes out and it's something negative or something against, yeah, do you want me to get in agreement with that
0: that's uh, no, good thank you. yeah we we do want to be corrected, even if we don't always like it that's good. I like that binocular thing, girl, that' will preach it's really good
2: um at the beginning, you talked about getting out of our own heads, how righteousness totally moves us out of the equation. So yeah. when he does when the holy spirit does prompt us to go lay hands on someone or minister to someone, the enemy will definitely try to bring thoughts to your mind of are you are you really good enough? Are you really qualified? Are enough? you ready for this? Are you ready for this? What if you <laughs> say the wrong thing? And yeah. and you know I I firmly believe if if in ministry, if in ministering to people, if you go in afraid to miss it, you already missed it.
0: It's good. Cuz
2: you need to step into that confident I, I i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus my heart is set on his things so if i trust him he's going to give me what i need to say he's going to move through me in a powerful way and righteousness like you said at the beginning move gets us out of out of our own head
0: and out of the, out of our own way it's really good and you know there's we have to trust the holy spirit yes. to guide us i mean it's not always the right time to approach But we can trust the Holy Spirit, and if that keeps coming back to you, that it's something you need to do. You know, we we've got to be able to trust the Spirit that's on the inside of us, and uh, it's probably not the devil if it keeps coming back to you.
2: I I think if if you struggle with righteousness, I think it's always good because we're our we're our own worst critic. You know, you see your faults. You see your shortcomings. You see everything that's wrong with you. That's just natural, right? Yeah. But think about looking, think about your, your vantage point looking at your kids and what it would take for them to not have your favor, you know, for them just to be completely not uh, welcome in your house, not be used by you, not be, you know, yeah. um, be a friend of, of yours. You know, what would it take? It to go a long ways, right? Yeah. And then there's the Father who is the perfect Father. He is love. He is love. I mean, then you take it even that much further. Yeah. So if you struggle with righteousness, it's good to take a different vantage point, I think.
3: That's
0: good. I love this subject. And I still need it. After all these years, I still need reminded, so... Just because you've, you know, we, y'all are students of the word. Just because you've moved from milk to meat doesn't mean you don't sometimes drink milk. <laughs> Especially if you're having Miss Marilyn's chocolate cake. <laughs> not that the staff here would know anything about that since Monday. <laughs> but you still drink milk. It's not all you, son, all you partake of. You still take of meat, but man, milk is still good. Righteousness is good. It tastes it tastes good to me. And it's you know, if 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 somebody reminds you of your past, you you can handle it in a way that you can say, well, just what we read a while ago from that quote, you can say that might have been true, but that's not me anymore. I mean, it's okay. To not let somebody hit you with your past all the time. I think sometimes we don't know how to handle that. Because, you know, we want to be sweet little Christians. But at the same time, it could be the greatest lesson they've ever had in their life for themselves. For you to say, you know what, my, I don't know what you're talking about. You're going to have to go talk to God about that. Because from what I've read, that's gone. And uh, you can handle it in a way that's... Uh, When you said
2: that, it reminded me of what Keith Moore said one time. Keith Moore said, when Satan reminds you of your past, all you have to do is remind him of his future. That's right. And he will flee.
0: That's right. We're all going to be there the day he gets kicked in. And then we we might just say, can you bring him back up here one more time? You know, just take turns kicking him in the pit. (laughs) It's going to be a good day. There's a scripture prophetically that indicates that we're going to look at him and say, is this, is this it? Is this the one that caused so much trouble? Powerless little wimp. I mean, Jesus whooped him. We just have to enforce that whooping. Whooping. I'm sure that's in the scripture somewhere. And, you know, it's always said about the armor, and it's true, that when you have on God's armor, he can't tell who's in there unless you open your mouth with the wrong things. But you have on the armor of God, so...